Hey there, you're listening to MoobTube. Um, I'm Ralph Pritchard. Uh, the MoobTube podcast was on hold uh, over the month of July and June. Um, but we are going to return back cautiously with an episode on Alexander Klug featuring our dear friend George. So I just watched Night of Cups by Terence Malick, who's um, quite a revered... American director who did Badlands, Days of Heaven, Thin Red Line, most recently, most successfully, The Tree of Life, which won the Palm Door, um, which is, I guess, most characteristic of his recent work. He's also made quite a few films subsequent to that that didn't reach as great a acclaim. One of those is The Knight of Cups from 2014, 2015 which stars Christian Bale as a screenwriter in LA staggering around uh, sort of being approached around various business deals being robbed meeting with women and seducing them and I think it had a generally unfavorable reception like many artworks that kind of lounge around in the space of fame and indulgence it was seen to be totally unnecessary and um, and uh, pretentious. It has, as the as the title suggests, a preoccupation with tarot, which is kind of introduced early on and then sort of abandoned as the story develops. But there isn't very much story, as many critics would be quick to point out. But it does have a swirling wandering uh, movement to it Uh, there's a lot of music constantly there's music the shots are very wide angle very deep focus there are often quite a lot of jump cuts where sound comes off of one shot and plays on or plays in Um, it's just usually sunny or a beautiful sunset um there are lots of huge, big, tall spaces. Um, I guess what I'm here to say is that I thought it was a lot better than a lot of people gave it credit for. I wouldn't really bother recording this if I just thought it was a bunch of pretentious crap. Because um, lots of people have said that. Um, quite fairly articulately, probably. Um, but I had time for this. I guess it is doing something in the same way that Tree of Life was doing something. And I didn't love Tree of Life. I thought bits of Tree of Life um, were like really astonishingly immersive and tender. I think he does have an amazing eye for intimacy. There are a lot of moments where Christian Bale and the women in the film are um, kind of... I don't think he actually ever films anyone having sex, but there's a lot of like making out an intimacy that gestures towards sex um, that is kind of just the way that bodies are angled the way that legs are touched the way that um, people play with each other a lot of scenes by the beach kind of chasing the waves I mean he loves cliche everything he does is just soaked in cliche sunsets, the beach um Hollywood um, 
you know, there's even a bit with an Elvis impersonator, and everyone's kind of very obvious and cringe. I mean, there's a scene, I just I'm just replaying it now. There's a scene where um, this chap is arguing with his brother's arguing with his dad, and there's just smashing, smashing t- chairs over the glass, and you know, I mean, it's it's just full of cliche, right? But then uh, the thing about cliche, I mean, I watched Mirror recently, um, which is probably my favorite film of all time it's by Tarkovsky um and it is a total uh, tone poem I guess um, Daniel was on the show to talk about Ham on Rye a recent indie film um which he said was you know unusually deserving of the of the phrase tone poem in the way that Malick's later work is um and yeah like Mirror is is totally just a dream like a constant dream Se- uh, sequence kind of moving between different spaces along a kind of poetic logic which is what Knight of Cups does you don't really know what order things are happening in sometimes there are relationships that you're flipping between his relationships with different women and maybe you feel that they're not quite in chronology um, but then you just don't really know what the chronology is there isn't really a story there are characters and there are relationships evoked through hearing these these deep voices these sort of breathy invocations none of which i really have much memory of and oftentimes they are filling in the gap where normally you would have some dialogue that was more contextual more specific um but what happens here is kind of defies a lot of the rules you would learn about screenwriting in hollywood um you know you don't know what the main i mean a lot of what makes me angry about like film industry culture, I suppose, is this emphasis on dramaturgs and story writing gurus, who none of whom ever turn out to have like written a really successful film, um, although they've advised on lots of kind of perfectly okay films. But you know, there are none of like the best films of all time were made by people who wrote books about you know story writing or whatever storytelling um so it's a bit of a storytelling as a is a bit of a cult i think in hollywood and they do and one of the things they tell you in these things and the same happens in england i've watched a few zoom calls with or i used to go to talks at you know um held by film london and bfi network and people you know where where someone comes on stage and tells you um that every character has to have a motivation and um and you know uh it's not true and actually some of the most in like intensely fascinating films uh you don't really know why characters are doing things i mean in night of cups you really don't get much of a window onto the soul of christian bale's character um and fair enough it's not a widely appreciated film (laughs) certainly not on the grounds of story most people watch it and say oh well it's cinematographically like very stunning and interesting but um i think it did quite badly imagining i imagine it must have cost quite a lot to, to make just because of the amount of talent involved natalie portman kate blanchett um christian bell obviously frida pinto you know big stars um and it must have cost loads and probably didn't make very much because i don't remember i barely remember it being in cinemas in the uk i don't know how it was in america um point being 
it is incredibly engaging to watch. I mean, it does feel a lot like an advert in a way, but that in itself is not really a problem. It kind of knows its aesthetic. There's a lot of a lot of the voiceover stuff I say I would say is like it's not unnecessary. I think it I think it is needed. Um but a lot of what is said is quite forgettable in the voiceover. It's just sort of wallpaper texture, you know. Um and you're just sort of watching your eyes are kind of just like taking in the landscapes of of people walking past in the street or people walking through these financial buildings or um Christian Bell running a you know chasing women around a hotel room and i guess furthermore one thing that it, it, as as a sort of hetero pessimist as someone who feels that film you know shouldn't shy away from its its roots as a as a deeply <laughs> patriarchally bound um medium uh you know it should obviously go beyond that but it has a unique ability to uh kind of tell stories from the top as it were it's a very dominating it's a medium full of domination and so you know what am i talking about here i'm talking about the male gaze i'm talking about the fact that you know knives of cups is like an unequivocally patriarchal film it shows life from the perspective of a man who is not giving very much away emotionally a lot of women kind of submit to his power throughout the film uh, he even has a relationship with a girl in a strip club who works in a strip strip club amazing scene where it used that uses kindred by burial um which is a, a particularly poignant piece of music for me because it came out uh when i was uh sort of coming of age a teenager kissing kissing girls and going out to parties for the first time um but yes so the, the p- depiction of is you know it's quite drake it's quite eight to it's and heartbreaks it's quite you know abject luxury misery you know and people oftentimes when that sort of stuff comes out i remember when the streets uh, mike's gonna release hardest way to make an easy living which is his third album often referred to as the difficult second album the album that you make once you've been famous and people are generally quite unsympathetic uh, to any kind of complaint with regards one success um, and there are some bits that are just a bit silly. I mean, there's this bit with Antonio Banderas banging on about, you know, wanting different, f- like comparing women to different flavors of chocolate or ice cream or something, um, which is annoying. But then, you know, it's a film about meaningless lives that is kind of constantly searching for meaning. And I can think it absorbs that very well. Going back to the point about patriarchy and uh, and 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 wanting to fuck women and and and, and dominate them and also having no kind of, um, you know, being a bit emotionally sort of blunted, I do think it captures that pretty well, and I think the way it films intimacy, the way it films him interacting with the women, is um, quite devastating, quite moving you really feel the texture of the clothes of you know there's this bit this very loose knit cardigan that Natalie Portman's wearing when she's found out that she's pregnant and she doesn't know whether it's with uh Christian Bale's kid or uh, who's who she's been having an affair with or her husband um you know and you really feel it's that that kind of, I often remember a lot of intimate moments in my life kind of you know you sometimes remember strange details you know when you're in floods of tears you kind of look down and see that you're wearing like a, a beige cos jumper or something um 
you know, I I don't know how banal that sounds, but to me it feels feels quite meaningful. I think details are extraordinarily important for evoking emotion. Um, yeah, it is extraordinarily music video like. It's it's the lighting is, it's just very over the top. You know, um, characters appear just sort of for no reason. I mean, I don't know how he approached making this. I mean, it must have just involved. He must have just had like a fucking Argos catalog of set pieces basically many of them at the beach many of them in sort of large warehouses or mansions or hotel rooms and i guess he would have associated them with particular relationships all you have is like you almost have just a spider diagram of this man and then coming off that spider diagram the, the important people in this man's life and then you just try and explore that and then you just have like drone shots of of like the grand canyon um or whatever it's called, you know, these kind of Mac desktop uh, lands. I don't know very much about the geography of America, but, you know, Yosemite or whatever. Um, amazing drone shots of the landscape. And you can imagine as an editor um, of the film, like some of the edits would have been quite intense and precise. And some of them would have been, oh, just paste a bit of hiss here. We've got got to use the music up, you know. Um, but I don't, you know, I don't mean that dismissively, really, because basically it does cast a spell. Um, I remember when I was about 20, I made a film with a friend of mine uh, that was feature length, in fact, and it kind of came from a script that wasn't very good. And so what we sort of did with the script was we started peeling it apart and we recorded all the sound in post. So um, a lot of the dialogue, we just ended up, you know, we had a clean wav of the dialogue and we had all this foley that we were kind of, you know i remember just standing in my bedroom kind of trotting around on a in a kind of um, box of leaves to kind of evoke someone walking through a forest um and uh having all that control over all the elements gave everything this kind of slightly artificial dreamy feel a bit like mirror which i think mirrors are all completely kind of recorded beforehand um but doing that gave me this um Gave gave me and the director, my co-director, this like dream-like world where we'd sort of pulled pulled all the elements apart and created a strange kind of collage element. Um, and you know, it does feel a bit like that with this film. It feels like a, a much, it feels maybe like a much longer film that didn't really work as a kind of dialogue story context piece, and so was just kind of pulled apart. It almost feels like a one-take film. That wrote, like as a Birdman one take film that rose around that's just been sliced up, sliced up for efficiency and kind of rhythm. It's it's got an amazing rhythm. Um, it's really really fucking easy to watch. Um, I was really surprised. I was just expecting it to be really pretentious, aggravating crap, uh, which is what all the reviews said it would be, and that's why I avoided it for so long. But it stuck in my head as a film that looked that looked so good in my mind. Um, and I sort of got the feeling it was the sort of film I'd enjoy. And I was right. So trust your gut on things like that. I think the reason I ended up watching it was because YouTube suggested to me a video called Why Did Terence Malick Films Look Like That? Um, and usually with usually with sort of clickbaity film studies, things like that, I tend to know the answer. But I was just, I just wanted to see some clips from recent Terence Malick films. Um, and I'm glad I did. Um, because yeah wide angles bright light 
kind of biblical wandering atmosphere. Also, some of it's shot on a GoPro, funnily enough. Um, in a way that's like noticeable. I'm sure GoPros now have like sort of log format on them, but at the time, the, the contrast really changes when you switch between the, the Arri Alexa shots and the, and the GoPro. I'm assuming it's an Arri Alexa. Um, and yeah, oh God, and also the, there are lots of models in it that have, there's lots of like modeling sequences that are quite inventive. Um, the beginning, I think, is sort of the least engaging in a way. The, I think it's more multimedia and flashy at the beginning. And then it sort of just settles into this rhythm of following him with his women. He, there's the woman with the pink hair in the restaurant that he seduces. He's kind of like a bit of a punk, a bit of a Gen Z, a bit of a sort of Tumblr girl. Um, and she's got this fucking scary energy where she's like, kind of like, you know, don't don't get involved, you know, unless you really want trouble. Um, and there's similar energy like that. I mean, it's very, yeah, very essential heteropessimism, you know, Drake in the club, abjection. It's hard at the top, you know, lonely at the top, lonely getting top, you know, all of that. Um, but yeah, quite moving very beautiful formally interesting and consistent aesthetically compelling but you know i i mean i i have more time for ambitious failures than you know middle of the road cautious crowd pleasers i'm always going to be like more likely to watch this than like you know christian petzold or whatever um so I've similar feeling about Gaspar Noé, about maybe Leos Carax, um, certain directors who just go for something quite, quite epic and extreme, and um, and you know some of it's a bit rubbish, but some of it when it's good is like incredibly fun and sexy and epic and spiritual and easy to watch. Um, and that is that is what I feel generally. It's not that sexy actually. There are some sexy bits, but it's kind of basically about being kind of um, not being able to feel. Um, and so, without the love, all there is is kind of cold lust. Um, that's all for me. Nineteen minutes. Um. Yeah, MoobTube's back. We're going to go for more of an emphasis on making as makers. Um, so we're taking a more, as things unlock and as we start making films more, taking a, a more active interest in, in film, which was always kind of the point. But obviously we are scholarly and knowledgeable as well, keeping the balance. Um thank you for listening to this appraisal of the Knight of Cups hopefully you're listening to it because you've just seen the Knight of Cups and you also felt that it needed a bit of love uh, maybe you were wondering whether or not to watch it and I've convinced you maybe you just saw it and hated it and this recording has been very frustrating listening to someone whose reactions fundamentally contradict yours whatever the response um hope you tune in next time and uh 
Stay safe.